The views and opinions expressed on the Middle Class VO podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests. Any feelings hurt therein are an unfortunate byproduct of the quest for infotainment. Also, please be reminded that concerted efforts have been made so as not to put anyone's knickers in a twist. Having one's knickers in a twist is not an objective or goal. However, if your knickers are in a twist and it persists for more than four hours, please seek out a physician. Moreover, if anyone were to feel besmirched by any of the commentary on the Middle Class VO podcast, it would be purely coincidental. No besmirchment is intended. Please enjoy. Okay, Bobby. Do you know Jake Owen, country guy? Oh, yeah. Do you know Phil Mickelson? I do. Okay. Are you aware of Jordan Spieth? Yes. Jordan Spieth is another golfer. Right. I knew that. So, you didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> so, 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 so now that we've uh, established the uh, players, I'm going to read to you something that just recently happened. Jake Owen was at Jordan Spieth's wedding. Phil Mickelson also happened to be at the wedding. And it's all about the pay-per-view event that happened with Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. Let me read you the dialogue of the story that took place. This is Jake Owen speaking. Quote, So I walked over to him and I was like, Hey, Phil, you owe me f***ing $29.99 for wasting four hours of my life with the shittiest golf I've ever seen, Owen said. You guys hyped this thing up about this big match. You guys couldn't even make three birdies between the two of you. I'm like, I want my $29.99 back and a f***ing apology for some ass golf. He said that to Phil Mickelson. Owen said that at that point, Phil Mickelson pulled out a wad of cash, particularly a $100 bill, and he says, yeah, I won 90000 of these yesterday. He says, take $100 and go f*** yourself. And that has been confirmed on Twitter by Phil Mickelson that that actually happened. Let's talk money, folks. It's the Middle Class VO podcast. Wow. If you need e-learning, we're just an email away. Corporate narration, tell us what to say. Explainer video, imaging radio, slinging local cars, reading IVR. No, we ain't no stars. This is the Middle Class VO podcast. The Middle Class So, yeah, uh, uh, money is very important to even the biggest of stars and celebrities and people that are making the most. And I love Phil Mickelson's quote. He pulls out a wad of $100 bills and said, I made 90,000 of these yesterday, implying that he made $9 million the day before. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, there, there are some voice people that are making that kind of cash. It, it is possible. And that is the, this is the money issue of the uh, Middle Class VO podcast. Bobby Maxwell in Cincinnati. Kevin Kilpatrick in Nashville. Bobby, how are you this week? I'm good. Now I, I feel like I'm making peanuts, though. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we're striving for, you yes. know? We're, we're striving to get to that uh, seven-figure range. Uh, we are so, the you know? middle-class VO podcast, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, and, and, and for some people, if, if they get to seven figures, that might only be the middle, you know? 
And so that's what I've always talked about is that the, the middle is a state of mind. You know, it, it just depends on where you want to be. And so we're talking money on this episode. We're going to run down. Uh, we're going to give you a few tax tips. We're not going to go too deep into that, but we're going to talk about stuff that has helped us make money in our journey in this uh, voice actor life that we live. Now, Bobby, I came up with some numbers. Okay. On what the average person makes in voiceover. And it's enlightening. And, you know, there are many factors that go into this. You're doing it full-time, you're doing it part-time, you uh, union, you're non-union. So you got to bear those things in mind. And pitch, so in particular the, genres, too. I mean, it could be... Yeah, and, and genres, too. But the average voice actor has a salary of $31,400 a year. An entry-level voice actor can expect to earn about eighteen grand a year, while an experienced voice actor has an annual average salary of ninety grand a year. Now, top-level voice actors can earn way in excess of this, with some at the top uh, profession earning healthy six-figure incomes, and as I mentioned, some you know are going deep into seven figures as well. Let me give you a couple of averages. The top ten percent of voice actors earn ninety thousand dollars and above. The top twenty-five percent of voice actors earn fifty-one thousand dollars and above. The median voice actors. Is uh, their pay is thirty one thousand four hundred dollars. The bottom twenty five percent of voice actors earn twenty one thousand seven hundred and above, and the bottom ten percent of voice actors earn eighteen thousand three hundred ninety and above. Those were the median numbers that I just mentioned there at the end. Give it a bop, bop, wow. So that gives us something to strive for. That gives people something to look at. You know, I I knew a long time ago that the uh, I was surprised actually when I heard that. Only the top, you know, say 25% or so were making enough to uh, earn a living, to do it full time. And it's it's not surprising now that I run into so many people that are voice actors, but they're like, eh, it's their side hustle, mostly. But how do people get to these numbers that we're talking about, Bobby? Well, it, it comes with rates. Yeah, exactly. And it, it depends on where you're going for your jobs, too. I mean, if you're going to hang out on Fiverr, yeah, I don't think you're going to be able to make a living by doing voiceover or, you know, or we, um, I'm trying to think what the other one is called. But in, even the pay to plays, um, it really depends on how how much time you're investing into it and what what rate of jobs you're going for and who you're going up against. I mean, you can make some decent rates on pay to plays. I know I do. I mean, there are mm-hmm. some there are some really good jobs on there, and there's it seems like every six month a a, a new platform opens, so there's so many opportunities. Um, but you can make two thousand dollars on a job on a pay to play, easy. Then, hundred percent. If you jump to you know marketing and finding your own work, you know you're taking away the percentages that the pay to plays are are taking from you to to be on their sites. So you're going to be making the full amount from that particular client. If you get to the point where you're working for an agent, it's going to bring you to another tier of work and rates. So it it just depends on where you decide to go to get that work. And we were talking about rates and all this and what there are there's a couple of industry standards as far as rates go. And of course union rates are they're going to be dictated by the union. Mm-hmm. But as far as 
everybody else that is not a union member. There are, you know, some uh, industry standards like I was talking about. GVAA yeah. is one of those. Which which I, I turn to a lot, and I think a lot of voice actors do do that. I think Gravy for the Brain also has a, a rate guide now on their website. But GVAA, it's, it's so user-friendly. I mean, like for a local market, um, which is one city or state, nothing major, for a three-month spot – you can make four to five hundred dollars for six months. That jumps to eight to one thousand. Then, if you go into the regional, that's going to jump into say for three months usage, five to six fifty. You go up to national for the same spot. You're looking at seven fifty to twelve fifty just for three months. And um, and then if you go into like you know multiple countries, it really zooms from there. That's just on one small TV broadcasted commercial. And when you're, and Bobby's talking about three months, that's a 13-week run, right. which is, you know, a quarter. And that is kind of like the industry standard. Uh, if it's going to run beyond the 13-week period, a lot of times uh, they will say, hey, we will pay you additionally beyond that. Or they may offer, uh, say, hey, this is going to be a buyout. We can use this in perpetuity. And then if that's the case, you're going to be able to bargain or negotiate for a whole lot more. Oh, yeah. And, the, and we're not even talking really about SAG rates there. I mean, that's a whole entity in itself, which I, I'm not with SAG, so I, I can't give you any particular figures, but you can really make some jack there. Yeah, and we all want the jack. Who doesn't <laughs> want the jack? We love jack. I want, I want the jack. <laughs> <laughs> Another interesting thing about Money, Money Magazine, Bobby. Hot Topic, Sizzlin'. Uh, had a, a list of their top 10 things you can do from home as far as earning money. Being a voice actor is the second highest amount of cash that you can make working from home. Really? Right after, yeah, right after being a patent attorney. <laughs> <laughs> Two totally different things. Wow. Who would have thought it? <laughs> That's awesome. You know, but there there are so many of us working from home. I mean, it, it's crazy. When we just got done with VO Atlanta, just seeing how many people were there. And, you know, if, if you thought everybody had their home studio, that's just a small percentage of what's out there in this country alone. But number two, I like that. Yeah, that's good stuff. And coming up in just a few minutes, I'm going to tell you how I tripled the amount of cash I made on one particular job. Stay tuned for that. Right now, though, we're going to give you some tips. Thank you, Bobby, by the way, for doing some research, because when it comes to taxes, I run the other way. But Bobby, <laughs> she, <laughs> Bobby is more, I bet Bobby did her homework on time growing up. I bet people copied their homework from Bobby, and I would have been the one doing the copying from Bobby. <laughs> you would have been the last minute one or, or yeah. saying your dog oh, yeah. ate it, right? <laughs> I got through high school a lot on personality, Bobby. I don't know how that happened, but... <laughs> I was the guy skating by. Oh, Kev, he's he tries. He tries really hard, but he would like to act up more than do his homework. So Bobby's done her homework on tax stuff, and Bobby's going to give us a little insight on uh, taxes and what you can do to help save some of that money. Well, first off, if, if you're in this industry and, and you're making a, a decent living, um, a middle class VO, as we call it, 
definitely get yourself a tax attorney. Don't don't do it on your own. There's so many different loopholes and things that you wouldn't know about that a tax attorney would. And and I just I love my tax attorney. Every year it's like I just love you. Um, he, you know, he tells me what I can and cannot um, deduct and. Everything from you, that people wouldn't think of that we're just getting into this business. I mean, of course, your studio space, your equipment, the utilities. You have a home studio. You're entitled to use a percentage of the square footage of your home when you write off your all your utilities, the cable, you know, your internet, whatever. Um, and then we move on to like the uh, your, if you have a CRM package, which I do, so I'll be able to write off that annual cost. If you have a bookkeeper, if you use an editor to edit your your uh, audio, um, coaching, demos, conferences that you attend, or webinars that you do online, um, all of those are tax deductible. And you know, coaching and demos can really add up, so that's a nice big deduction. Yeah. Um, if if you meet with a client or you have a uh, meal with like when my I know you're in a, a voiceover meetup group as I am and we meet once mm-hmm. once a month you can dedu- you can deduct that cost of your meal and getting together and your mileage and whatever that's all fair and uh, you know you can do it um, if you have a website the expenses incurred there if you have business cards if you make postcards um, a percentage of the trips where you actually did work. Kevin, I know you take a few vacations a year, and you probably get called upon by your clients saying, oh, can you can you do this? And we always bring our gear with us. So you can mm-hmm. take off a percentage of that vacation when you actually did work. These are all great ideas. Something I got from uh, my accountant uh, a couple of months ago, which I, I just changed accountants, and I'm so glad I did because the one I have now has experience uh, with our industry. And as a matter of fact, Christy Bowen is the one that referred her, and I'm so glad because she is just on point with everything, and, and she knows what we do for a living. So that's not a bad idea. If, you, if you've got your accountant, you're happy, and, and they know our industry well, you know, stick with them. But if you're just with an accountant that is a regular accountant, you know, you may want to ask some peers, you know, who do you use, you know, because these are people that may can uh, find more loopholes and advantages like Bobby's talking about. And they're certainly aware of what we do. And um, my accountant has said, make it easier on yourself and your accountant. Make sure to keep your bank accounts reconciled. Uh, Hold on to your information for seven years. I know that sounds like a long time, but that is the amount of time that is required by the man. The man is the IRS, by the way. <laughs> and uh, make sure, make sure th- this seems simple enough, but make sure you're logging your miles at the beginning of the year. Make sure you write down your miles and at the end of the year, you know, do the same thing. And uh, one thing she also recommends is looking at an umbrella insurance policy. Um, talk to your insurance advisor about that kind of stuff. I didn't want to get too deep in the tax stuff because that's not my area of expertise. Bobby has enlightened me and all of us, I'm sure, with all of this stuff. And then don't forget, whether you're an LLC or not is a whole other branch of talking about taxes and and your money. So um, there's just so much. And, you know, there's uh, what's the name of the guy who he's he's a voiceover artist and he is a a tax attorney, Robert Schiampiaglia. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, he. um, We have to look up this Robert (laughs) Schiampiaglia. Robert. (laughs) Gesundheit. (laughs) 
But he he actually wrote a book about it. So something to uh, oh, I, I have heard of that. Yeah, I have heard of that that book. As soon as you said the book, um, so yeah. You can just Google that, and I'm sure you'll be able to uh, find it. So here we go. Um, let's talk about you know a, a gig I got a uh, about a year or so ago, where I was able to triple my money, and it came from a tip that I learned many years ago when I just got into this business. When I got into this business of voiceover, uh, starting out on my own. I kind of had uh, a philosophy at the time. My name is Jimmy. I'll take what you give me. And that was because <laughs> I had to get cash coming in. And I know a lot of people that, you know, are starting out that they're going to adopt the same philosophy, unless you're just independently wealthy to begin with. But for the most part, you know, most of us have to get, you know, our light bills taken care of and we have to do that on our own. So I was, I, I wasn't jeopardizing the industry. Trust me on that. But I, I was not willing. I wouldn't negotiate a whole lot. I would say, you know, hey, I'm here. And they'd say, hey, you know, what would you charge for this? And I would give them, you know, my rate. And they would say, oh, we can't do that or, or, or whatever. And then we would just go from there. But as the years went on, because I hated negotiating, Bobby. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, I was afraid. I, I didn't. I was so afraid of losing the job. Same here. Same a here. couple of bucks. Yep. But now that's all changed. You know, I've been doing this, you know, 15 years now. And so I've, I'm a hardened, hardened guy. So when I first got started in the industry, I told you about this great intro to voiceover class that I took. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I was taught was when you're discussing rates and they say, what will you charge? You return and reply with, what's your budget? Oh, yeah. And <laughs> that, that has... That has saved me so many times. What? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to say, what's your budget? You know, you can follow it up with, you know, I try to work with most budgets. What did you have in mind? And if it's something that you're not comfortable working with, then don't take the job. You know, you give them a bare minimum of what you would want to do. So I'm going to give you an example of how that worked for me. And I tripled my money. Okay. I got approached about a court, and this is not on the pay to play because that's, that's a different whole whole different ball of wax because that's all competition. But this was a client that came to me. They found me on my website. They liked my voice, whatever. And it was a corporate narration thing. It was about a minute and a half narration that was going to run one time at a convention in Vegas. Hmm. And I was talking to them, and they were giving me the specs. The, the producer was giving me the specs. And... I okay. I'm writing down as I'm talking to him. Writing down one and a half minutes, convention, Vegas, one time usage, and I'm like, I'd charge three hundred bucks for that. I I think that'd be fair, you know, three hundred bucks. I'd be happy with that, and that's the number I jotted down, but I did not say it. And while she's talking, still give me the specs. I wrote that number down, and I and then she said, so what would you charge? And I had that $300 written down, but I didn't say it. Mm -hmm. I said, well, what did you have in mind for budget? I try to work with most budgets. And then she said, I've already told you the math. She goes, well, we had planned on budgeting $900 for this, but I don't know if you'd be able to work for that. (laughs) And and in my my head, real quick, I'm going, $900 for a minute and a half VO that's going to run once. I'm okay with that number. And I said, yeah, I said, yeah, that's, that's fair. I said, uh, you know, that, that sounds <laughs> <That's> about <fair. laughs> right. Yeah. And that's, that's the, what you got to do. You know, you got to 
pretend like, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't expect less than that, but I- I'll work with that. That's fair. <laughs> now, my my intro to voiceover coach, you know, it the numbers, you know, it, let's say you were trying to get a little more, and they had said nine hundred. She her tip was to repeat the number nine hundred and then pause, and give them an opportunity to go. Well, is that not enough? You know, you got to read the room a little bit, obviously. Yeah, silence but... is deadly. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she always said, whoever gives the number first loses. And so this producer gave me the number first, and, you know, she lost on one. It's not, it's not a tactical thing. It's not, you know, anything deceptive. It's just business. And you don't want to leave money on the table. Exactly. You know, we're... We're doing this to make a living. And, you know, we might get a $900 gig for, to read a minute and a half. That's going to run once. And then the next day we might get that $300 job. And, you know, it all balances out. So, you know, get the cash when you can. That tip has been one of the biggest things that's helped me throughout my career. What's your budget? What's your budget? Remember that. What's your budget? Ba-da-ba-ba. Another thing to think about is if you have an agent, bring them in on the negotiations. I mean, if you don't feel comfortable, they've probably been in that situation. They can help you out. And most times, clients will be okay if you say, I'm going to bring my agent in on this. Some of them might go, whoa. But And if you don't have an agent, this might be an opportunity, if it's profitable enough, to get an agent. Because what agents want to hear when they decide to bring you on their roster is, what can you do for them? So if you reach out to an agent and say, hey, you know, I've been offered this, this, uh, this job, this project. I really don't know what to, to quote them on a rate. And they might go, hmm. And that could lead to a relationship and you getting on the roster down the road. Another thing, Bobby, on good ways to solidify yourself and keep money coming in that I've learned is make yourself invaluable to your client. Be a resource for your client. Don't be just a voice. Be somebody that can offer other voices. You know how much money that I've made by casting other people? It's, you know, you got to get over that competition fear. Mm -hmm. You got to get over, I don't want to present another male voice to them because they might, you know, like them better than me and long term. Well, first of all, you know, you got to use your head and, you know, I'm not going to go to one of my biggest clients and go... Uh, here's George Clooney. Have you heard of him? Maybe you want to use him on a spot. You know, somebody like that. That's an extreme example, obviously. But, you know, be a resource for these people. Be a resource for offering other voices. Be a resource for offering production if you're able to do that or if you're able to job that out. Be a resource for copywriting. Be a resource for copy editing. We all get garbage scripts in. We all get, you know, be somebody that offers solutions and they're going to come to you for other things and you're going to make more money. That is one of the key things that you you will learn along your voiceover journey is making money from your current clients. You're going to make more money from your current clients than you are by seeking out new clients. We got to keep the new clients coming, but don't forget your current clients and marketing to them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We are worth every penny that we quote in a rate, every single penny, that whether it's on a GDAA rate guide or something that you know you have a figure in your mind, you are worth it. And don't think for a second that, oh, they're just going to go to somebody else who's going to, you know, 
undercut them. You are worth mm-hmm. it. Your voice is worth it. And whether it's going to be used one time at a convention or it's going to be a national spot that's going to run for a year, um, you're worth it. You're making me tear up over here, Bobby. <laughs> I'll be okay. <laughs> Well, I think people have learned something today, Bobby, don't you? Yeah, it's time to go make some money now. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the ways you can make money is on the pay-to-play sites. Oh, ooh, taboo? Or is it not taboo? Or is it a gold mine? Mm -hmm. Or is it a gold mine? We're going to talk all about the pay-to-play sites next week on the Middle Class VO Podcast. Have a great week. Go make some money. The Middle Class VO Podcast is a K2 Media Productions production. All views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests. The McVob jingle was written and produced by Kevin. Co-produced and performed by Chloe Dolandis. Additional engineering by Zach Zimmett. Bobby's hair and makeup by Rebecca Adlita. Kevin's wardrobe by Slippery Pete's Fashion Emporium. All previous episodes are available for download on Podbean. For the Middle Class VO Podcast, I'm Tracy Thibodeau. I'm Lisa Lou Perry. Thanks for listening. And don't miss the next episode of the Middle Class VO Podcast. The Middle Class VO Podcast. Yeah, what, what, what can I do for you, Rod? You just tell me what can I do for you. It's a very personal, very important thing. Hell, it's a family model. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. I just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Here it is. Show me the money.